Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm your host, Youngmi Mayer. And I'm your other host, Brian Park. Um, this week, we're having a pretty intense week. I don't know why I almost like teared up um, in the news. That's fine. It's fine to cry. Yeah. But I don't I don't want to cry up top for no reason. Um, it's we're been having a very, a very intense and overwhelming week for sure. Um, and we just want to... We're, you know, going through it. Oh, God, I can't even talk. Right? What's wrong with me? I was totally fine talking to Brian before I hit record and now That's I'm okay. upset. Yeah. That's okay. But There's nothing you know, wrong with me. I have emotions. <laughs> right. Um, I have spicy emotions. Um, right. As you all know, racial tensions are incredibly high right now. And yeah. we're having a lot of difficult discussions surrounding police brutality and racial inequality in this country and, and um, i guess on this episode young me and i we're going to try our best to sort of discuss what our role is in all of this and yep more largely what we can do as asian americans and how our communities how it affects us how it affects us and how our privilege how, how our privileges as asian people in america have benefited from all of this and uh, how we can yeah. be more proactive to show solidarity and unity going forward. Our privileges for sure. And then also how the racism has hurt us and helped us in this really weird ball of like pros and cons that we have to sort of live in, in this like messy place in America where it's like, we are the victims of it and we also perpetrate it. And like, what does that mean? You know, it's confusing. And I'm sure a lot of um, our listeners who are Asian American are going through that, those thoughts and those feelings. Um, How are you feeling young me? (laughs) (laughs) But I guess, yeah, before we get to all the, the, uh, the stuff that's going on in the news, personally, Brian, Oh my God, this is so fucking shitty. I fucking lost my apartment and I have to move tomorrow and I don't have a apartment. So I'm freaked out. But you know what? It's fine. That it's totally fine. It's going to be okay. It's like on top of everything else. And also, I'm sure no one forgot we're going through a pandemic and we can't yeah. go outside. Yeah. And this whole stuff on the news. I'm, I'm feeling stressed out about the apartment. Um, I just, I guess I'm, so I'm feeling very stressed like everyone else is, but I wanted to point out this one thing about my personality. And I think if you are, uh, somebody that grew up in an abusive or traumatic sort of childhood, you will understand what I'm about to say. When it, when shit hits the fan for me, I just tend to become extremely funny and lighthearted. Like that goes into overdrive Mm. and, um, it's, uh, it's kind of like a trauma response Yeah, it's that thing where people use humor to cope with difficult emotions or with trauma. Yeah, I mean, everyone does it, right? Nobody wants to sit. Nobody wants to sit in the shitty feeling like when you're freaked out. But I feel like with me, it's almost to like a. I mean, it's something that I've been working on in therapy, but it's almost to like a pathological level because I come from a traumatic past. And Mm -hmm. so I'll just be, it's almost like a, I enter like the sort of like mania of like laughing and just being really inappropriate and that, and right now that's kind of like where I'm at, but honestly, I feel like it's in check and I'm doing pretty well, um, with that. But I just wanted to say if you see, I think it's actually pretty common in, um, 
Asian cultures for people to do that. And I just say that because last a few days ago, my uncle died and oh, I, my mom said it's, you know, I'm like, obviously I'm upset. I'm going to hold it together. Um, my mom sent me a video from the funeral yeah and she was like making jokes and laughing with my other family members <laughs> and so and nobody was really crying and people were upset obviously but like yeah and i was like oh i think this is like a really big part of my family that i never really understood mm. you know and they're just making funny jokes and making funny faces and my mom turned the video camera on and she's like making jokes at everyone that she was shooting it was like i was like oh this is this is why i'm like this you know i kind of understood right. that um and so if you see somebody i, I just wanted to say that because if you see somebody acting in a way that you find inappropriately like making jokes or seeming to be lighthearted, i i just would say you know don't be too quick to judge or think that that's weird that's a, that's a, like a trauma response in a lot of people and it's totally natural um, you know, if you find yourself feeling a little manic, maybe doing things that might be harmful to your health mm -hmm. in a state of mania, I would say that, you know, that's also your body trying to soothe itself. So maybe be mindful of that. Um, <clears throat> and also another the downside of that sort of coping mechanism is that in a few in a after the like crisis passes is when i tend to fall into like a bout of depression mm. and so if you are somebody like me that responds to hard hardship by being you know like in this manic state just you know be careful to watch out for the downside which is in a few months when your body actually feels safe enough to process it where you will probably get really depressed so let's just watch out for that fuck that's well, how i'm feeling <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you do fall into a depressive state, I'm always here and you can give me a call anytime. Oh, wow, Brian. A lot of people are going to take you up on that offer. You By have some means, fans. Do it. I care for you. So. <laughs> oh, are you talking about me? I thought you meant like anyone that's listening. No, I'm talking about <laughs> you, young me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, Brian. You get a lot of <laughs> no. You get I'm a lot of DMs from our listeners. They're really gonna hit you up. <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm, ta I'm talking about oh, you, Brian. young me, because oh, you, you know it's not easy to talk about your emotions as openly as you do. And um, I've gotten to know you very closely over the past few years, and uh, everything you s you know it makes sense. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. How are you feeling? It's it, ugh, it's a lot, and I think this past week I've. It's been very sobering and, yeah. you know, I've, I've felt a range of frustration and, uh, it, but overall it's just been very sobering. Um, yeah. you know, a, a large part of it is just with the new cycle and seeing what's been going on in this country, especially with the stories of Amy Cooper that crazy dog lady mm. in central park and the killing of george floyd and the protests that are going on uh, yeah the, it, for me it's just been it's i've experienced a lot of i felt a lot of sadness and it's also just a reckoning of trying to understand where i stand in all of this and uh -huh. coming to terms with the privileges that I grew up with 
and accepting that and trying to understand how to rectify it. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I've had a lot of difficult discussions regarding race with my parents and trying mm. to understand what their thoughts on all of this is. And, you know, it is frustrating. You're saying yeah. this this week recently you've had a lot of discussions with your parents? Yeah. About nice. like what their what their thoughts are on all of this and mm. you know, I don't agree or see eye to eye with them on yeah. certain mm-hmm. points of it. But it also helps you know, it makes me understand how that has influenced my thoughts and Yeah. This is how I am. This is the way I see it, you know? Mm. And it's have you not, tried, it's have fucked you tried, up. Have you tried to change their minds on things that you don't agree with? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it get, it's gotten contentious at times, right. but as much as I want to change them, I have to, I think I've just accepted that they're, they've had their hardships too. They're yeah. from a different generation. And as much as they can try, there's limitations to that. And mm-hmm. I would rather take the burden of responsibility to better myself individually and pay that forward as opposed mm. to just trying to constantly like question my parents. Like, why don't you understand this? You know? Right. But again, like, well, like, yeah. like, like a big realization for me is that, and I, I'm sure some of our listeners can relate to this is, you know, my parents came to this country with nothing and they have that very, uh, it was just an immigrant mentality where mm. just put your head down, work really hard. No one's going, no one really cares about you. There's going to be no handouts. And mm-hmm. so through a lot of luck, the system that was in place, they were able to uh, obtain quote unquote success within it. And so because I saw that, that was my model for how America how, worked. How you right how how you strive or how you succeed in this country so but i've yeah, never really questioned like growing up i mean in certain parts of my life it was a predominantly white community but i never really questioned my race that much you know mm-hmm. i've always just thought everyone has their hardships i'm just going to put my head down and work hard and you know society is meritocratic everything is going to work out right. and for me to not acknowledge or see my race as part of this larger system, that's, that, that is the definition. Problematic. That's, yeah. The definition of privilege, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. in a, I'm afforded this position to not have to think about it. Right. And well, yeah, you, I think you come from a, a place where a lot of Asian Americans come, but I have to say recently we've been having a lot of discussions, you and I, and I can feel you kind of like coming around, Brian. <laughs> I mean, not coming around, not coming around, because I feel like in the past we have discussed how I'm like, you know, a little bit more. What's the word? Like informed, woke, and In- not. Guess, inf- yeah. I-, I would just say like not not woke in the sense, but you know, I'm more like, you know, I call this country a white supremacist country, and you've had a lot of problem. You've had problems with me saying that in the past, but I feel like this week we've had a lot of discussions and i can see you like sort of shifting a lot of your opinions or under or understanding you know other part other parts um that maybe you weren't in agreement with before you're Mm kind of becoming like brother man brian (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> brother man um but but i think it's important what you said where you're coming from because you know a lot of us asian americans we do buy into that story like our parents are immigrants they work really hard this is what i'm gonna say though i fight with my mom about that and mm-hmm. she always if i if she says anything that's racist or anti-black um i i've told my mom to shut the fuck up before to her i screamed it at her face oh, wow. because i know i've gotten into huge fights with her because i don't think it's i was brought up and taught by her to be like you know i've she was she grew up so poor Mm -hmm. that she would drink water from the river to like a gallon of it so she her stomach would feel full you know what i mean like she grew up she didn't she literally didn't have shoes you know she was like the like the the person that you saw like remember the in those commercials when you're like help a child and like blah 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 like that right. was her right right and i understand that sh- because of that she thinks that she can get away with perpetuating racism towards somebody else but i've you know i've had these discussions with her it's just like it's a sign of like perpetuating hate okay you're a victim and if you take that and like project that to other people that's just not it's not acceptable anymore do you know what Mm -hmm. i mean i understand like i tell her i understand that she's had like a shitty life it's it was way worse than mine that can't be an excuse to make another person's life shitty right right because you know i think a lot of black americans talk about this how people are like oh well white americans are poor so it's okay that they become white supremacists or nazis because it's poor white people and black people are like yeah we're also fucking poor and struggling but it's not like we're gonna go to your fucking school and shoot it up do you know what i mean like that's not an excuse we understand that people have shitty lives but it's like that's not an excuse to ruin someone else's life absolutely but that's a difficult discussion but i understand what you're saying and i feel you know i feel so bad for my mom and your parents and all immigrants trash life right they had a different set of problems you know and admittedly like they're all super fucking poor like you're you're on survival mode you're just trying to put two pennies together and keep your life together you're not like thinking about your status as as an asian american and like where that falls in this racial hierarchy in america isn't going to be at the forefront of your mind and And because i understand like because they work so hard and they were able to provide a more comfortable life for us on top Uh of that we just have more access to information than our parents ever did so right i can't which is which is like thick we're thankful because they worked hard and then we got educated and now we can help them change their minds you know totally um also i think that uh, something that people don't talk about is like especially with immigrants and people who are very poor like our parents who grew up really poor um yeah their brains are working in like trauma mode which is like what i was talking about my brain and like hating hating another race is like a very intoxicating and strong soothing feeling you know Mm. when especially when like you're getting shit on by white people who don't like you to be like well at least i'm not black like in your in our parents you know example i mean yeah that is like an intoxicating feeling we do that all the time as not even in terms of race but it's like even with our peers peers yeah like well at least i'm not this person like my life could be way you know i gotta count my blessings yeah it's a suit it's like a very intoxic it's it's unhealthy and you know it's not good obviously but it's intoxicating and we as human beings we need to admit to that right you know good for you for talking to your parents brian it's more than a lot of people are doing and i know it's hard for you and they both acknowledge that they learned some things from it which is 
uh, I, I yeah, I, I didn't anticipate that. So it, it, it was, um, I'm appreciative that they were willing to listen and try to understand mm-hmm. my concerns because I admit that I have a lot of privileges and didn't really yeah. have to think about all of these things that are being discussed in the cultural conversation of America right now. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I, I, I didn't, Asian American history isn't really taught in the American education system that right. much. Like it's very cursory. So I recognize that I have a lot of shortcomings in that realm too. But, uh, you know, I was really motivated to kind of just inform myself and try to understand how I can be a better, just be like a better ally in this very <laughs> fucking scary time in America. And yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've learned from all of this is, you know, on this podcast, we've complained and we've lamented this idea of Asian Americans being uh, this model minority. And I've always approached it from a it's an extremely like it's it's oversimplifying our existence. Mm-hmm. that was where my frustrations lied is, you know, we're not a monolith. There's like, we have so many different types of experiences within Asian America, mm-hmm. but I have to acknowledge that as a group, Asian mm-hmm. Americans, we've benefited tremendously from this model minority myth <sighs> too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I, I did some reading and I found this, right. um, Brother man, Brian, doing well, some reading, guys. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> well, so there's this, uh, you know, I want to credit this journalist, Jeff Guo, who yeah. he used to write for the Washington Post. And he's mm-hmm. he's written these great um, pieces about how Asian America, how Asian Americans have been able to obtain a lot of like upward mobility in America Mm-hmm. And, you know, he credits um, this historian named Ellen Wu, who wrote this book okay. called The Color of Success. And The Color of Success. Yes. And he also um, cites research from uh, this economist at Brown University, and his name is Nathaniel Hilger. Uh-huh. And I feel like um, you're about to drop a lot of knowledge on us, Brian. No, 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 no. I mean... I'm sure no, a, a lot of, I'm, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners already know this stuff, but th- a lot of this right. is stuff that I was like, oh shit, this is something that I've overlooked and haven't really mm-hmm. like, and that just goes to show that I have, I just have work to do if I'm really about promoting like racial equality in America. Right. We all like in the beginning in the night, early 20th century, like Asians, like we were shat on a lot, like right. the yellow uh-huh. peril. We like the racism that we endured was just as bad as the racism that black people experienced in America. Or like, so you're, yeah. So you're saying in the beginning of the 20th century, it was just like, we're uh, any other immigrant group, like black. Yeah. American. Like, we're all bad. If you're not white, Middle you're, Eastern or whatever. Yeah. If you're not white, you're Latino, you're bad. inferior. Right. Okay. Something changed from the 1940s and 1970s. And, uh, huh. The biggest shift that occurred is that around Anime. this time, <laughs> hentai, <laughs> white Americans couldn't get enough of it. 
what sorry i'm not um i'm not trying to make jokes what happened no, 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 no. well essentially what happened is that in post-war america and in mm-hmm. the time of the cold war america really wanted to assert itself as the de facto first world leader right. but they had a huge problem with optics because mm. there was they were just so racially discriminatory in this country so Mm-hmm. foreign countries they knew america had this issue so america mm-hmm. needed to find a way to rectify that and the way they did this was and it's important to know during this time the american civil rights movement was being led by black people while asian yeah. people we kind of were just there, there's exceptions to it but for the large part we kind of just kept our heads down and just did our job you know we weren't sounds sounds asian (laughs) (laughs) um sorry that was terrible but it was around this time where suddenly what happened was america promoted they had all this propaganda that championed asians as being this model minority it was this huge marketing movement to show Mm. to countries outside of america that like look we're not racist we're not bad we love right. Asian people. Look how good they're doing. Yeah. Now, there's two things that come from that is that they, and it, the model minority myth is like, okay, we work really hard. We're studious. We love education. And that's why they're succeeding. But, mm-hmm. you know, the research done by Nathaniel Hilger shows that it's not, like our upward mobility isn't a byproduct of our emphasis on education. Because uh-huh. if you look at the numbers and the census numbers, like Asian Americans like weren't a, going to college at higher rates than other minority groups the only like the main thing is that we experienced less racism as a group and that's what that's what allowed us to experience upward mobility that is fascinating But, but it but it's this positive reinforcing thing where right and on top of that that's so it's, fascinating it's because, and, and on top of that because of the sacrifice of these civil rights leaders you led know, by the, black people led by black people then america passed the immigration act of 1965 which you know up until then america was asian americans took advantage of i mean right, it helped because, them. because they were allowed to come into this country now because before that right. america was like no asians no eastern europeans no mm-hmm. southern europeans fuck you go away mm-hmm. and so then we had this influx of asian america asians immigrating to america and mm-hmm. then we have this, like, we see in this propaganda, like, oh, we're the model minority myth. We emphasize education. We're good. And then that mm-hmm. becomes reinforced and it becomes this, uh, we, we accept that. And I, yeah, think yeah. It's this, I think it's this fallacy that, because we, we, we acknowledge it. We know that there is, like, Asians are, there is, like, anti-blackness in Asian communities. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Based on, not even just in America, but in Asia, based on like colorism and hating dark skin. Yeah. It's a huge part of, uh, I mean, East Asian culture and all Asian cultures. Right. We become brainwashed to believe that our advances in society are purely based on merit. Like, look, we did work really hard. We emphasize education, but the shortcomings are- yeah. Like, it was propaganda. Our, right. And I think for our parents, they don't study American history as much as we do. Mm-hmm. So there's shortcomings yeah. in that. Like they're not going to understand that the real truth of it is that we just arbitrarily got to experience less racism because America needed yeah. 
they had an image problem and they need wow. like during the cold war they needed they needed a way to show that they that there there was racial equality in america it's but so they didn't up. like it could have just as easily been black people but at the time they were actually being active and they were on the streets protesting and white american politicians saw that as really difficult you know, you know you know what yeah it's so fucking disturbing to me because it's so degrading because it's like it almost to me is like the policy and the propaganda that was literally on purpose this is the white american government did this on purpose yeah was like hey what we're gonna do we're gonna tell these asian people that they're doing a good job just to make everyone else look like shit and then we then they can like join in on hating somebody else it almost feels like asian people and black people and then every other poc in america are like little children that they're fucking with do you know what i mean yeah i mean like it's like a lot we're like pawns in this chess game that they're playing and it's so dehumanizing and degrading and then it's like it's so humiliating because it's like also this whole psychological manipulation of telling like one group of people that they're good at good or whatever is like obviously psychologically that's gonna make you feel good right and that's gonna like trick you into doing whatever the fuck these people want you to do and it's so humiliating it's abusive it's like psychological manipulation on like mass scale Mm -hmm. and then and then like the heartbreaking thing on top of all that is that like you know like what you're saying the civil rights movement was led by black people and they were fighting for the rights of asian americans while this was happening so it's almost like i don't know for me it just feels like we're two we're like two abused women meeting up secretly in a parking lot and being like oh my god <laughs> like is he is he ruining your life and he told me that you were the bitch and then do you know what i mean and we're both like we're both like wait he said you were the bitch he said that you hated me and then we're and then we both finally realize that he's the toxic fucking abusive one and we're like <laughs> holding our hands and running into the <laughs> like do you know what i mean it's so humiliating Absolutely. and degrading and it's yeah. just terrible and i just want to say the, uh, one other thing about that whole model minority thing and i i've never talked about this yet weirdly you know how i always talk about me i want to represent like the bad asians because i'm like the asian that didn't ever go to college and did drugs and like i'm i'm a single mom and i don't know where the fuck my life's going i don't have an apartment you know and i i know a lot of asian people that live in america that live that lifestyle just because we're all guess what we're not a fucking stereotype we're not a cartoon character we're human beings Mm -hmm. and we have fucked up a lot of us have face tattoos you know what i mean like what the fuck and that part of asian american culture is deleted you never fucking see that do you know what i mean because it doesn't fit in with the fucking propaganda machine and also i feel like a lot of the fucked up shit that they do to black people which is way more fucked up is that you know you never see black successful rich people you see like maybe like a rich rapper but you don't see like the doctors and the lawyers and the people that you know have like two vacation homes like that part of black culture is like totally deleted too but the truth is that all of that exists in america it's just that we're not allowed to show it or talk about it you know right right and it's like you even like in media to this day you hear the famous like Asian people are the, you know, like the, not that this is anyone's fault, but like you see the, like Ronnie Chang, who was like, was he a lawyer? 
and or a doctor and sure. a comedian or Kim Kim Jong isn't he a doctor and a comedian? Yeah. Or you know you see these like highly educated East Asian people being the propaganda representation of our whole community, and then yeah. you see these like rich rappers that like are heavily tattooed and that's their propaganda like that's the person that american white media is allowing to become famous you know what i mean and it like perpetuates these ideas about our communities and it's just not true yeah and you know what that's like fascinating absolutely and you know it still happens to this day where yeah people totally believe in it right and our status as uh model minorities is it's used to um downplay racism that's directed towards other groups you know because yeah that's commonly you'll hear that where it's disgusting where if where if you know black people or latino people are complaining about their adversity the yeah. american government will often just point to us they'll be like well look at the asian people they got it right look at their confucian values they emphasize yeah. on education this is the way to really assimilate yourself but what gets lost in history yeah. is like that huge huge like kickstart that america the american government pushed behind us via propaganda and just suddenly like changing their minds about us as a group whereas prior to that they didn't give two shits about us and they only did it to fuck with other people it's so fucking disturbing you know you we see it on our social media cycles now where people drive in this point of passive like being passive is being complacent in this fight against racism like silence Mm -hmm. is another form of racism and if you are in a position of privilege or a position of power use your voice to speak out and admittedly like i have been in the past i've told myself like i don't want to get too like politically involved like i'm gonna this isn't you know what i mean like i don't want to i don't want to mix politics in this it's it's hard and now i've like I can fully acknowledge and recognize like even as a, even just being an Asian American person in this country, being passive, we have that option afforded to us because we're, we're like in this in between, you know, in this mm-hmm. war on racism. It's people think in terms of like binaries. It's either black or white. So in Asians, yeah. we're in this like weird middle ground because of our proximity to whiteness. It's really easy mm-hmm. for us to kind of brush it under the rug and not do anything yeah. about it. But by not doing anything about it, it's almost like a fuck you to and like disregarding the sacrifices that the civil rights movement had. Especially, yeah, it's disregarding black Americans and what they did for our community specifically. And and we got a lot from that. And to to let them down at this point is truly just it's not it's not it. Right. Um. Here's well, this is the other thing about that also i don't know about a lot of other asian communities but in korea and like my community it's extremely taboo to talk about racism Mm. even when it's like even when we are the victims of it it's extremely embarrassing to bring it up like i remember you know obviously my mom's korean she she, we went through a lot of fucking racist shit you know when i was a kid but it would just humiliate her too too much to even mm. bring it up and mm. it would just be this thing where you pretend that it doesn't happen and right. that's the same reaction that Asians have when they are they perpetuate or like they, they perpetrate racism you know what right. i mean they don't want to talk about it it's embarrassing and it's humiliating and like we need to get over that don't be embarrassed you just say what you have to say and you know what and you know also the th- the thing about 
because there's so much emphasis now on anti-black racism from the Asian community, rightfully mm-hmm. so. Right. Um, but I uh, also, you know, to the point where I feel like I just, I met somebody recently who's black and he was telling me, he was like, you know, I'm, I've never really hung out with an Asian person because I just assumed that you are all racist against black people. And I was like, you know, that's, that's fair. And that's like, there, there is a lot of anti-black racism in the world. So I'm not going to say anything, but I'm like, mm-hmm. that's so interesting that that's like, that's our thing now. You know what I mean? Um, and I feel like because of that stereotype attached to Asians, which is, you know, based in truth, unfortunately, people feel embarrassed about bringing it up because it's almost like if we talk about racism and how we're fighting anti-black racism, we almost are expected to lead with, hey, we have a lot of anti-black racism, but I'm going to fight for it, too, which is which is totally fine. But I think it's a really interesting thing about our community that we have to mm. almost admit admit to our faults right up top. Um, and that's really hard for a lot of people to do, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's extremely, extremely hard. But I see a lot of Asian people doing it and I'm so proud of everybody for being like, I mean, I'm proud of us, you know, you talking to your parents, me telling my mom to shut the fuck up. You know, my mom that like, had to hide from people who had leprosy when she was a child. It was it was hard and it's like heartbreaking for me to tell her to like to not be so anti-black, but you know, I have to say after fighting with my mom for a long time, yeah. My mom is like sister girl mom. Now. Oh. She is so woke. She's like cuz I was like telling her what's happening on the news and she was like, "Good. They should." You know, I've se- and now she's like, "You know, I always see white people being mean to black people." And I'm like, "Yes, yes." Like yeah, of she course. has her like little tiny angry Korean fist in the air. Yeah. And so it works. like talk to your parents it works. It, it you know, I and you know it's hard and I'm like proud that every to everyone that does it. To Oh, I was going to say another thing about what you were saying about like speaking up for yeah. black Americans. Um, I see a lot of people being like, I donated, I did it, I'm going to the protest, I did it. And it's it to me, not just Asian people, but a lot of people. Of course. It yeah. sounds like they want, they're kind of like, okay, we did this, black people, stop being mad. Like, it kind of sounds like that. <laughs> Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like, no, like, we can't control other people's emotions. Black people have the right to be angry until the rest of time, until the end of the universe. Yeah. And you know what? It, it doesn't matter if you're doing stuff to like make other people feel like better or like uh, make sure that black people aren't mad at you or whatever. That's right. just it's it, I mean, it's like a human thing to it's like also a, b- a big Asian thing when things are like emotional that we want to soothe and we want the confrontation to go away right away. Right. But it's not it's not it's like it's not our right to tell people that they have to stop being angry like black people are angry we, you should be angry we, we're all just angry and we're just all angry and it's okay that w- the anger is doesn't subside anytime soon yeah it's uncomfortable but like there's a place for it to exist and no one has the right to be like okay stop being angry i donated 300 dollars or whatever the yeah. anger is just gonna rage on and let's let it it has to burn off all of this has just been a huge exercise in like compassion and empathy because this is where education comes into play it's like once you have a larger framework or context to understand where behaviors come from you can deepen your empathy and Mm -hmm. my parents have asked me they're like they don't really understand why people are looting and i'm like i understand where you're coming from because yeah yes like mom especially mom and pop businesses target whatever they're gonna be okay like 
Target yes, will like be no fine. one, no one deserves to have their businesses like looted. But then, yeah, you have to go even deep. Like this is where empathy comes into play. You have to go deeper and understand. Like, well, like how fucking upset or frustrated would you be if you were victim to just fucking years, endless amounts of systemic racism, and yeah. the society in which you exist in isn't even on your side. No, and yeah, to this day... Fucking, you'd be fucking pissed off, too. It's so fucked up. To this day... Well, this is what I was going to say about this. Because I think what's almost enraging is that everyone fucking knows that America's racist. You know, everyone... Even the people that are like, I don't think it exists anymore. And they're just, like, trying to make it the fault of black people for looting. But this is what I was going to say about, like, my... I know I was talking to you about this earlier, like... This is how I relate to this, not to make it about myself, but this is this is where I'm coming from. I had like a traumatic childhood, right? I had a shitty sure. childhood. It was abusive. And then this is what remi- it reminds me of. When I was a teenager, I started acting out, right? Yeah. I started fucking doing drugs. I was like being sexually promiscuous. I was, I ran away. Yeah. And I was like in this like, and I remember when I ran away, I was in this time where I felt like, I felt so happy to be mm. free of the abuse and the like being trapped in the shitty situation. It felt like, ah, oh, and then, and I feel some of those feelings watching the protests mm. because to me, how I see it is like, I, I kind of understand how people feel because it's like you're trapped in the shitty abusive system that right. specifically is really built to abuse black people. And finally they're like, no, we're fucking, we cracked this is enough. We can't fucking handle it. And it happens, you know, every like 10 or 20 years or so. But like during this, this time when I was a teenager and I was acting out all of the adults around me and this fucking pisses me off so much. All of the adults around me was like, what is wrong with her? Why is she doing that? Why is she so fucking bad and stupid? And I feel like the, it, it's like that sort of idea is like comes from a place where society as a whole doesn't trust children and doesn't trust women. Right. And so they're like, oh, she's a slut. There's something wrong with her. But this is what I'm seeing. Is the same. And then I was more hurt and angry. I was like, I'm a fucking child. I have a fucking shitty life. Nobody is helping me. Nobody believes me. I'm like all alone. And like, I'm doing this shit because I'm stuck. Like, I'm so fucking stuck and I have to get out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when I did the bad things, like the attention wanting things, it was like, people then then blamed me even more yeah. and so i just remembering that and like that being part of my past mm-hmm. that's how i see the protest i'm like and it's so fucked up that like fu- it's so stupid that people can't see that that's why they're do like that's mm-hmm. why americans are doing that because we're in the shitty system we're not bad they're not like bad they're not criminals they're not violent but then you see these racist people being like oh you know like black people are just violent i'm like how fucking dare you it's like adding insult to injury and it makes me so angry. Right. Anyway, that's like what it reminds me of. Sorry if that was like a weird tangent. No, it's not a weird tangent. I think it's all related. And like you right. said, it's it, because we're confronted with uh, these uncomfortable conversations surrounding race. We all want to have or we all want to find a quick fix. You know, there, how, yeah. do I, how do I fix this? But burn it to the ground right but we have to understand (laughs) that this very country was founded the foundation of it is slavery so yeah 
like burn it gr- that's burn it down. never that that's never going to go away no it's never that's gonna go I mean. away I, like you know i yeah it's never the, the, going like away. The, the trauma the we need to these are the kinds of conversations that need to be had in order to make amends and rectify it but the pain goes really fucking deep at this point the system just works for literally 18 rich white men that's <laughs> and everyone else's lives hot garbage you know what i mean um yeah the system just doesn't work for us you're right it's founded on slavery it's like you know again going back to my childhood analogy the childhood wasn't working for me throw it in the garbage it's not working for asian people either you know (laughs) how many it's not working for asian people there's so many asian men out there all angry because like because there's a limitation because at the end of the day the people who made these rules the the chess master of this all is just white people as a group so they're going to do as much as they can to preserve their power yeah it's literally 23 rich white guys that's like who we're up against everyone 23 billionaires that are really out of shape like we can take them you know it's important to note that at the beginning of this pandemic uh there was a there was a huge spike in um anti-asian sentiment in this country and right who are who were our allies during that time i mean most of the people i saw online were african-americans yeah they were that was it they're really vocal so i think it's important for us especially now in this time is as much as we don't want to believe it affects us yeah it, it absolutely does one of the cops that shot george floyd not shot sorry that was complicit in the murder of george floyd was fucking asian I know. And it makes a fucking lot of sense, you know? How fucking degrading and shitty is that life? You think uh, that his white friends are going to include him into their white club? Fuck that guy. So and also the cop, the white cop who who murdered George Killed Floyd him. has him. A, his Asian wife divorced him. Makes a lot of sense, you know? <laughs> it's just like it makes a lot of sense, you know? Like I talk about my white people that believe in the model minority myth are racist they're like well i'm gonna keep a little little poc next to me to be my little lap dog like that's like how they think of us i don't want to fuck it you know it's so degrading yeah i mean it's just a matter of being informed understanding what privileges we have as asian americans within this model minority myth how we've benefited from the sacrifices of black americans and in a time like this where they're experiencing a lot of adversity, we have to show up for them and let them know that we're there for them. Yeah. Also, you know, the privileges are degrading privilege. I know I keep saying that word. They're <laughs> degrading privileges. They're literally treating you like a little, like, like a, like a little chihuahua in a purse, you know? Yeah. It's not good. If you're an Asian person that has just only white friends, and I know there's a lot of you out there, that's, you know, I'm not judging you. It's, I, I have a lot of white friends. I don't care. But, like, you know, think of your role. Think of your role in their lives. And, like, you know, if you're allowing them to use your race in, like, a way that's, like, not good. For our listeners who do want to be a part of the change, like, what can we do? What can we do? Yeah. Oh, um... Be, this is, this is, I think, you know what, if I can say one thing and I'm, I don't want to say anything because I want to say that I, I always say white people, but what I mean by that is everyone is racist. We all grew up with racist ideology and we have to 
see it in yourself and fix it every day um i would just say you know i'm i am like oh my god i have like a lot of anti-black racism that i grew up learning and if you Mm -hmm. grew up with immigrant asian parents that said stuff like that to you even though you intellectually probably don't believe in any of it yeah a lot of those like things are deeply seated and you have to confront it and resolve it yeah um and that that's okay because you know what there's nobody in the world that's not racist it's just different levels like of of what that what we absorbed and if you are honest with it's a it's a it's a muscle that needs to be practiced yeah and you know that's that's why we were talking that's why i was talking you know we i feel like it got so heated about the allison roman and the amy cooper thing because we were like oh these are people in our community that that is our community and that's us it's a reflection on us i know so uh, most of my i know so many of my friends that would act like amy cooper if i have to say one thing just to like give a clean end to this episode don't be scared you know what don't be fucking scared confront it and then it's gonna make you feel like shit and then you can fix it and that's how you become an anti-racist and then and then say it and then talk about that it's not like we're all like sitting in this perfect ivory tower i don't know i said ivory tower (laughs) white white purity i feel like you know the strength of the asian community is that our um theological and spiritual and uh, uh like existential ideology is based on eastern philosophy mm-hmm. which is the philosophy of balance yeah. of yin and yang bad and good so we all inherently understand that every human being is bad and good which is why i think when asian people talk about racism we always lead with we have it in ourselves too we are bad and good whereas yeah. in white people tend to come from the christian ideology that they're just only good they're pure and white Mm. and they have nothing bad about them and that's why it's so hard for white people to admit that they're all super racist but um like our strength as the as an asian community lies in that very core belief that we understand that we're both good and bad and we have to fight we have to fight that all the time and make sure that we're we're becoming a force of good for this world Absolutely. We accept already that we have faults. And I think that's a huge strength for us. And I think we should just lean into that part of our culture moving forward, dealing with anti-black racism. Yeah. I think you said it really well. Is, um, Thanks, yeah, Brian. Don't, don't be scared. And, uh, don't be you know, scared. Yeah. It's, 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 it's going to be a time of a lot of self-reflection. And uh, don't be scared. You know, Look inward and have those tough conversations about race with your parents, your family, your peer group. And uh, you might learn a lot about yourself along the way. And if you can, um, donate. And Young Me and I will post on our Instagram. Um, you know, you know yeah, resources. you guys know all the links. Yeah. You right. know what I started doing? I started on Twitter. I'll see like, um, I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back, but this is just like for, you know, if you guys want to donate and make a big difference. I've been like seeing these threads of people that are like african-american that are asking each other who needs help yeah and just dropping like their venmo handles and i'll just like venmo people you know Mm. i'll just venmo individuals yeah so i started doing that and it's like really great because i you know and then i'll have like i won't like say anything i like this this one woman was like oh i'm like a single mom and so i like venmo her like money and it just it feels better knowing that this whole sum goes to one person and instead of you know like sometimes you give it to an organization and you're like i don't know where it's going right right and um so and then we had like a we had like a little brief conversation and i was like you know like 
I'm like fighting for solidarity. That's like a really important thing to me. And so, and you're a single mom and I'm a single mom and it's like really nice to like talk to you. And I was just like, it felt more helpful. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> all right. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> you got it all out. Is that me? it? I think that's it, right? Yeah. Sorry. Did it was that too emotional? I'm like no, my Asian shame is coming now. Like, <laughs> no, was, no. I, was I talking <laughs> too much? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, also, please follow our podcast at Feeling Asian Podcast. Leave a five star review. Brian, where should they find you on Instagram or Twitter? Uh, you guys can find me on social media at it's Brian Park. And what about you, young me? Y M Mayor. Um, I usually tweet a lot of jokes, but right now I'm obviously a little overwhelmed. I but right. you know what? I might tweet jokes. It's how I soothe myself. And I guess that's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>